Welcome to the Truth Hurts Program with Steve Z. Welcome to another edition of the Truth Hurts Program with Steve Z. It is Wednesday, February 16th, 2022. Coming to you from the front seat of the old F-250 pickup truck as we head down for another round of physical therapy for the old injured shoulder. It just was brought to my attention, economist and energy policy experts are now saying we could see $7 per gallon for unleaded gasoline by the end of summer if the gropey Joe Biden policies continue the way they're headed. With the Ukraine-Russia issue on the forefront of some newscasts, the Biden administration is proposing major sanctions against Russia, which produces about 10% of planet Earth's petroleum products, oil, that is. And if you disrupt 10% of the oil available to the world, then you get higher fuel prices, higher oil prices, higher gasoline, diesel, heating oil, and of course, plastics, anything made from petroleum, will all go higher, massively higher. Economics experts are saying that March could see 8 to 9% inflation, and April is expected and is on par to be another 8% inflation. Your paycheck is worth less and less and less every day. And when the fuel prices skyrocket, doubling or even tripling what we're seeing right now, it is going to be the death knell for industries such as the recreational vehicle industry, the boating industry, the motorcycle industry, the off-road four-wheeler, jet skis, snowmobiles, All of those recreational activities that we as Americans were really, really able to enjoy, not with higher prices, but with much lower prices just a year and a half ago, those prices now skyrocketing. The cost of fuel, the cost of food, the cost of getting the food to the grocery store. Those empty shelves, you think it's bad now? Wait until smaller distributors can't afford the fuel to transport food items to the wholesalers. Wait until those smaller wholesalers can't afford to transport food items to the grocery stores without massive fuel surcharges and price increases. You think taking a vacation right now is difficult with COVID? Wait until the cost of the fuel to get you from point A to point B by vehicle goes sky high. Wait until the cost of airline tickets goes sky high. People will start shuddering and sheltering at home, just like the Democrats have wanted them to do for the past year and a half to two years as they shuttered the economy for the lies of the COVID-19 China virus, which kills less than 0002 percent of those who get infected with the virus and less than 0.0003% of the nation as a whole. 
I've told you since day one, they weaponized this viral germ warfare, gain of function research, man-made virus. They weaponized it. That along with the phony steel dossier and the fake Trump-Russian collusion hoax and all of the other things that are finally starting to come out as exactly what I told you they would. But the mainstream leftist, progressive, liberal, woke media is choosing to keep those things from the majority of Americans. Sweeping it under the rug, putting it at the very end of the broadcast, and always chuckling and lining their story with, and the Republicans think the Steele dossier was fake, even though it is. This country, I told you, I warned you about this from the very beginnings of the Truth Hurts program. This country, its democracy, its democratic republic, your freedom, my freedom, your rights under the U.S. Constitution are in such grave danger, such great peril, and there's nothing that seems to be getting done about it. Have all the Republicans lost their balls? Yes, I see. Republican House Minority Whip Steve Scalise posting all over Facebook about how this ain't fair and that ain't fair and this is being swept under the rug. What the hell are you doing about it, Scalise? I think the only real hope that we have as a nation, unless Biden flips the socialist switch today and just does away with the Constitution and does away with everything that we know as our freedoms and our rights, I think the November midterm elections are going to be a telling turning point for our country. Think long and hard about this, my friends. 13 Republican members of Congress have announced they simply will not be running for re-election. But that's the good news. A couple of them are rhinos, Republicans in name only. 30 or 31, I believe right now, Democrats have announced they are throwing in the towel. They will not be running for re-election. I guess they see the handwriting on the wall. We, as conservative, common sense, right-leaning American citizens, true patriots, have something to look forward to, and that is, hopefully, a takeover of the House of Representatives and the U.S. Senate by the Republicans in the fall. But it's all for nothing if the Republicans get into office and do absolutely nothing with the power that they will wield. We've seen this before. This movie has been played over and over and over and over again. Republicans gain control of the House of Representatives, and then they have a weak leader like Mitch McConnell, and he does absolutely nothing to fix that which the Democrats have broken. He does nothing to take back America, to make America great again. Whatever slogan you wish to put to it. If the Republicans are fortunate enough this time to take over the House and the Senate, one can only hope and pray and wish 
that something positive will be done with that power. But the way things have gone, they'll probably sit on their hands and do little to nothing. They will probably sit on their hands and allow people like Alexandria Horseface Cortez to dictate policy. Because after all, she's young. She's a millennial. She was a bartender. She interviewed for the job with the Soros gang and she had the most vapid look on her face, the most easily manipulatable, the most easily controlled. And so they pushed her into that seat and told her, you stir the pot little girl as much as you possibly can and we'll keep you in your cushy downtown apartment. If you don't do what we say, you go back to tending bar, wiping tables, getting hit on by fat old drunk men. She likey. She likey her new position of power. She will do anything and say anything to keep it. I'm driving behind the Koneka sausage delivery truck. C-O-N-E-C-U-H. One of the best sausage products I've ever eaten. I believe it comes out of Alabama somewhere. Pretty darn good sausage. If you ever get a chance to sink your teeth into it, I enjoy it. And no, they're not paying me for this. I just happen to be passing the truck. It says, great for grilling. Established back in the good old days. Koneka sausage, right? I happened to be introduced to that brand of sausage while I was working on a federal task force in the Washington, D.C. area a few years ago. Some of my task force associates were from Alabama. They had some of that sausage imported. They used it in the gumbo cook-off. Well, they still didn't beat me. They didn't beat the Manda, M-A-N-D-A sausage that I brought up from down here in New Orleans. I took first place in the gumbo cook-off. Yum. That's all I got to say on that subject. Let's get back to what we were discussing moments ago. The Biden administration, gropey Joe Biden, I can't even say it's he who is making these pathetic decisions. Whoever's pulling his strings, his puppet masters, they are doing our nation a great disservice. Think about this. Two years ago, Donald Trump was the president. And despite having to battle the lies of the Russian collusion hoax, despite having to battle Congress, which obstructed him in every single thing that was proposed, obstructed the Republicans 100% on their agenda, refused to compromise on anything, made up lies, false allegations, phony accusations, fake dossiers, tried to impeach the man twice, you know that takes quite a lot of energy and quite a lot of effort away from you doing your presidential duties to have to defend yourself, not once, but twice against two phony impeachment attempts, which both failed miserably, by the way. Thank God. Despite all of that obstruction, all of the obstacles placed before him, Donald Trump was fortunate enough to be able to preside over a massive, awesome economy. 
low to no interest rates whatsoever. Major returns of companies doing business here in the United States. A major reduction in our dependency on foreign oil and natural gas. We became a net exporter of fossil fuels. Our coal industry was thriving despite having all of those scrubbers and all of those major reductions and restrictions placed upon the coal industry. We were burning much cleaner coal. Trump was not anti-electric car. He was anti-mandate. If the electric car business, just like the Koneka sausage business, or the Manda fine meats business, or the Chevrolet Motor Company, chose to make an electric car and market it, and if the consuming, consuming public, rather, the consumer saw a desire for such a, a thing as an electric car, they would have bought it. But the government digging ever deeper into your wallet each and every day to fund more and more and more restrictive programs, processes, procedures. The government restricting your movement, demanding that you buy an electric car because they don't like the oil industry. They don't like the gasoline industry. The moment Joe Biden went into office, what was the very first thing he did? One of the very first things was, I'm signing an executive order to kill the Keystone XL Energy Pipeline. Result, higher gasoline, heating oil, diesel, prices for everyone. And then he stopped federal drilling of oil and natural gas on federal lands and waters. The result, you are feeling the result at the pump each and every time you attempt to fill up your tank. The price increases at the gasoline and diesel pumps that you are feeling right now are the direct 100% fault of one gropey, mopey, dopey, little girl groping, touchy-feely, senile, Alzheimer's slash dementia patient, Joseph R. Biden. The man does not give a rat's tight, narrow, furry little ass about you or how much you're paying for fuel, for heating oil, for clothing, for furniture, for food, and forget about wanting to purchase an RV. If the gasoline and diesel prices go to $7 plus per gallon, as predicted by energy, experts and economic analysts, the recreational vehicle industry is going to shrivel up and die on the vine because there will be no one able to afford the fuel to tow that RV or to drive that RV. The boating industry will also see a massive decrease in sales because no one will have the funding available, the excess money to put fuel in their boat or tow it to the boat launch. Ride a motorcycle? You may have to ride that motorcycle back and forth to work because it gets better fuel economy than the vehicle you'll be driving. 
and paying $7 per gallon to fill. Forget about recreational activities, vacations. No one will be able to afford it. The cruise ship industry will go belly up. This entire nation's economy will fold up and crumble. And we will see the next version of the Great Depression as interest rates rise through the roof. And you and I, if we are fortunate enough to have the money to think about buying or building a home, will be paying not only way more for that home or the building materials, we will be stuck with massively high interest rates. This is the Truth Hurts Program. Okay, back in the truck from the physical therapy torture session. Not really, wasn't that bad. If you've ever had the opportunity to undergo a procedure known as dry needling, I highly recommend it. They actually stick a needle, like an acupuncture needle, down into your muscle and they stimulate the muscle, they trip it. And if your muscles are very tight, it can loosen the muscle. If your muscle needs to actually work and it's atrophied due to an injury or surgery or some other reason, then sticking that needle in there tickles those nerve endings inside the muscle and makes the muscles activate. So uh, I just had that procedure done as part of today's physical therapy. And let me tell you, I, I feel like a million dollars. Shoulder was a bit tight. The muscles were a little tense and locked up there. And this just really, really felt amazing to have this dry needling done. And uh, if you ever have the opportunity, acupuncture is awesome. The dry needling is awesome. I have a brother who swears by something called candling, an Eastern medicine, where they, I guess, light a candle and uh, on top of a suction cup, and it draws the poisons out of your skin. I haven't had that one done yet, but I've got a brother who swears by it. Matter of fact, he spends a lot of time in China and other countries over in Asia, and he's had many of the Eastern medicine practices done on him and uh, he swears by those but the dry needling really good stuff as part of today's physical therapy activity should be cleared very soon to get back on the old motorcycle now it's just a question of am I dumb enough to do it I do miss it I miss the camaraderie all the gang out there at the track all of the my friends my daughter her boyfriend and the rest of the gang it's it's really enjoyable to get out to the track and and race the motorcycle out there without fear of some guy in a pickup truck texting and driving, or heaven forbid, doing his own podcast from behind the wheel. I, of course, do this hands-free while driving. and um, But the fear is some Yahoo deciding to not pay attention to what the heck he or she is doing and runs over a motorcycle because you can't really see a bike as clearly as you can a big old honking F-250 or even a Mazda Miata. That's why so many motorcyclists are injured or killed on the highway each and every year in this country. We are not a bike-centric nation. Motorcycles or bicycles, for that matter. And it's, uh, it's just not as safe an endeavor to ride on two wheels here in the U.S. of A. as it is in Europe, 
and some of the other countries. Do I wish that Biden had actual infrastructure in mind when he tried desperately to pass all of those tax and spend and tax and tax again programs where he would say, okay, we're going to expropriate X number of feet on the side of each road and we're going to make dedicated motorcycle lanes or in the inner cities, uh, central business districts, we're going to make dedicated bicycle lanes. Absolutely. That would be great. It would be safe for the bicyclists and it wouldn't impede the motor motor vehicle traffic. That's all right. We'll all be driving little electric roller skates here before you know it. Gropey Joe and the Democrats have their way. They're going to raise the gasoline and diesel prices. They're going to try and use the combination excuse of COVID and Russia to get gasoline and diesel prices up so very high that we will all switch over to electric cars. It is part of the grand plan, the grand scheme, and over 60% of the American public is too stupid to realize what is being done to them. You're listening to the Truth Hurts program. We'll be back in a moment. I would have had no problem whatsoever, in fact, supporting, even campaigning for an infrastructure bill, had it really been an infrastructure bill. In other words, real bridges, roads. Every major city has traffic problems. We all know that. If you've ever driven through Dallas or Houston or Memphis, Nashville especially, Atlanta, or even smaller cities that think they're big cities like New Orleans or Baton Rouge, Louisiana, you know damned well there are way more cars, trucks, minivans, 18-wheelers, travel trailers, motor homes, traveling on these highways than there were just five years ago, 10 years ago, certainly 20 years ago. The interstate system in the United States was put into effect way, way back when Dwight D. Eisenhower was the president. It was a bypass to keep people away from the cities. But of course, cities didn't appreciate that. If you bypass a city, then no one does business with any of the Uh, retailers in that city. So the interstates got closer to the cities and cities were built up around the interstates. I won't go into the whole interstate's a racist BS lie. Uh, People tend to buy where they can afford to buy. And if there happens to be an interstate nearby or an airport or a chemical plant and you choose to purchase a home there, that's your problem, not mine. It's not a matter of reparations. It's a matter of you making a choice. But I digress. Traveling on Interstate 12, which is a bypass from Baton Rouge over to Slidell, Louisiana, near the Mississippi line, you bypass the entire city of New Orleans. You travel through some smaller cities like Covington, Slidell. You pass through Hammond, Louisiana town of Livingston and Walker and now Denham Springs, but those areas, Walker, Livingston, Denham Springs, are growing by leaps and bounds as these, I call them, mass-produced housing companies come in. You know, Adams Homes, UBH Homes, D.R. Horton, DSLD, Sunrise Properties, 
Now, I, I'm not familiar with all of them around the country, but you've seen them. They'll clear cut an entire 2,000, 3,000 acre section of forest or buy up someone's old rice farm or soybean farm or sugarcane farm or cornfield. And then they lay down the infrastructure groundwork for sewage and water and electricity and cable. And then before you know it, you've got 800, 900 new homes there and people moving into those homes because they want to get away from the big, crappy, Democrat-run, deteriorating, rotting, crime-ridden cesspools known as our major cities. But here's the problem. There is not sufficient infrastructure, roads, bridges, schools, fire stations, police stations. That's just civic infrastructure, sewage treatment, water treatment, electrical grids, transmission centers and stations. There's just not enough there. And people immediately move into these 900,000, 2,000 home neighborhoods. It's like tiny little cities in and of themselves. And they realize, oh crap, we now have to drive 20, 30, 50 miles to the nearest major grocery outlet or to a hospital or to a home improvement store to buy deck furniture. And so what happens? Those businesses obviously move out into these new suburbs that are being created by leaps and bounds, give some jobs to some people. Before you know it, urban sprawl has sprawled way outside of urban world. A true, insightful, properly thought out, planned infrastructure bill would have included studies to say, hey, just outside of Houston, which is expanding at a massive rate, as is Nashville, Tennessee, that suburban area, we need to do X, Y, and Z, and the roadways need to be at least four lanes or five lanes wide. But the way they do things here, Interstate 12 is two lanes eastbound and two lanes westbound. The area of Slidell, they expanded it to three lanes. They did this only after years and years of commissions and committees and studies and boards and focus groups and this, that, and the other. They need five lanes. The amount of traffic traveling on that road on a daily basis leads to gridlock. Gridlock. If you're going to plan on expanding a highway from two lanes to three lanes, and that expansion over a 47-mile stretch of Interstate 12 will cost you $141 million, spend $181 million and make it four lanes. Do something with some common sense that the good Lord gave you. That's not the way they do things. By the time they finish expanding Interstate 12, to three lanes in each direction, leaving out the entire parish of Tangipahoa for some reason, they will then need four lanes or even five lanes over the majority of that stretch of roadway. They don't think things through. When I lived in Nashville, Tennessee, way, way, way back in 1987, 88, 89, 90, part of 91, Interstate 
65, which runs north and south because it's an odd-numbered interstate. Even numbers run east-west, odd numbers run north-south, for those of you who don't know that. Interstate 65 from the Tennessee-Kentucky border all the way down, all the way down to the Alabama line was two lanes in each direction. And Nashville, Tennessee was about a million people for the whole metropolitan area. They did an expansion on Interstate 65. At Trinity Lane, there was a skinny little passage between the pillars of an overpass going over Trinity Lane. They had to squeeze and eliminate the shoulder and do all kinds of modifications to turn that into a three-lane in each direction Interstate 65 section from downtown to Briley Parkway, which was north of town, where the Opryland theme park and the Opryland Hotel were located. By the time they finished expanding Interstate 65 northbound from the city center all the way up there to Briley Parkway from two lanes to three lanes, there was enough traffic to warrant it being four or five lanes. Each time, of course, they expand it just one more lane, they have to hire engineers and architects and design firms and appropriate just another 15 feet of property on either side of the road to expand it by one more lane. Think of all the money that would have been saved in design and engineering and architectural fees, geology surveys, and all the other things necessary to make sure that you can put a road on that piece of land. If they'd have just done it and appropriated the, expropriated the land sufficient to make it five lanes in each direction way, way, way back in 1990. In today's dollars, they would have saved hundreds of millions of dollars. But they're not worried about that because in our system in the United States of America, we only elect people for four-year terms. This way they can promise you another lane of traffic. And then over the four years of expansion that occur after that project is finished, they can say, wow, we've grown under my leadership. We're going to need another lane. And if you elect me, by golly, we're going to get you one more lane. If you've ever traveled through Venezuela, it's a bankrupt country now, but when it wasn't, when it was a flourishing democracy, they built a highway down there, by golly, triple layers of rebar, five and six lanes wide, concrete poured three, four feet deep, sufficient for the expected and anticipated growth in those areas of Venezuela. Of course, that growth didn't come because of the corruption in their government. And now we're seeing the same corruption right here in the gropey Joe Biden, Camel Toe Harris administration. And my friends, if you do not vote for the Republicans, for the conservatives, for the common sense party, come November, we may never see Republicans in power in this nation again. You think I'm kidding. They've already manipulated the election system and process and of course, they call you names and laugh at you if you point out those realities. If you even mention voter irregularities, they look at you like you just grew a horn out of the middle of your nose. They have got this in 
entire nation fooled into thinking that anyone who questions our election integrity that put Joe Biden into office is a fool. But it was just a few short years ago that Hillary Clinton was claiming Donald Trump stole the election from her and that there was Russian collusion and widespread voter irregularities. They just flip-flop and change their opinion depending on which way the wind is blowing or which side of the sidewalk you happen to spit upon. It's an absolute joke. The double standard and hypocrisy in this nation is unbelievable. And yet, we keep falling for it every four-year cycle. You're listening to the Truth Hurts Program. My apologies, it seems like we've gone a little bit over our 30 minutes, but I think it was worth it. Go out there and have a great evening. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening. Opinions expressed are protected free speech under the First Amendment to the United States Constitution. We apologize if you are offended, but we retract nothing. Background music by Jason Shaw and Audionautics. Audionautics.